Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Okay, our good friend, and we mean this, we love having him on the program, Professor Eric Kam, Professor of Macroeconomics at Ryerson University, is with us as we begin 2022. Professor Cam, good to have you with us. How are you today? Well, Happy New Year, Roy. Happy New Year to all the listeners. And I'm doing relatively well for a house that is just coming out of having three out of four people COVID positive. But on the whole, I can't complain. And I have to say, Roy, I really enjoyed your bumper coming into this segment where you uh, commented on people seeing eye to eye with you. Very few people see eye to eye with me, but that's because I'm five foot five and they see well over my head. (laughs) You are something else. Uh, what do you make of this, uh, this? I wonder how many people got what I was doing. I'm not suggesting they don't, but when, they, when I say the average passenger car emits 4.6 tons of GHG per year and one Challenger 650 jet discharges 29 metric tons during one Tofino round-trip flight from Ottawa, you know who I'm talking about, right? Well, I do. I do. You're recommending that people fly to do their shopping. But you're, you also have to remember the number one rule when you teach a university class is make sure you do your math and your example long before you get to your lecture hall, because it's really hard to think on your feet. But yes, of course, I knew where you were going. And you were making a good point that really leads well into where we are with COVID right now, which is, is you've got to really be able to um, dissolve the hype and the fear factor from the from the nuggets that are the truth. So yes, I knew exactly where you yeah, were going. I, was, and I thought it was a good example. I was getting at the prime minister's trip to Tofino, as you know, I and they know do fly the Challenger six fifties. Anyway, what do you make of the StatsCan job numbers earlier this week? And just for the for our listeners, employment rose by fifty five thousand. This is StatsCan in December. And then they go on with highlights here. Full-time employment rose by 123,000, while part-time employment declined by 68,000. But here, Professor Cam, is the one that I, that I highlighted. Public sector employment rose by 32,000, while there was little change in the number of private sector employees and the number of self-employed workers. That speaks volumes. Does it not? And it speaks everything. And you know, it's funny. I don't know if you or the listeners remember, but you might, that we talked about this a year ago. And what really scared me, you said to me, what scares you the most right now as we head into 2021? And I said the fact that the public sector is growing quickly and the private sector isn't. And that is a horrible recipe for any capitalist economy. In fact, it's antithetical for where you want to see the system to go. It means that the government isn't throwing money at it, it's not growing. And so, first of all, you have to remember that Statistics Canada, they do very good work and they are very adept at getting statistics. But you got to remember that the people at StatsCan have bosses and they have to they have to appease those bosses. So StatsCan always has to give you at least a relatively rosy look at the economy and so when you read that you're right to be skeptical but they were hoping 
to effectively slip Sally through the proverbial alley and impress you with their employment statistics. But I'm glad that you saw that there is um, there's some gray under all of those clouds. Yeah. Can I get you just a little closer to your microphone? Yeah, I can try my best. I'm trying not to swallow it. Okay. Yeah, it just just sounds like a little echoey. So if we can we can work on that a bit, that'd be great. How do you see our economy, our economic reality, on this ninth day of January as we stare down the road to the end of December? Where would you put us, and what are the what are the highlights, and what are the concerns? I was thinking about this last night as I watched your Dallas Cowboys stride into the playoffs on another huge victory. Go Cowboys! The real the, the I would use the term, and I use it. Um, as it's meant, it is a tightrope right now, Roy. I think we are on a real tightrope. The, the recovery was really far more robust than we'd anticipated. If you look at last year, right? Reinforcing the massive spending boost that was served, interest rates were kept at basically zero. And so as we headed into 2022, there was reason to be positive. There was reason to feel like we can pull back on stimulus and we can let the economy settle to a more normal range. Now, of course, the exception to that is inflation, and it's the inflation data that really corrects uh, the risk here because people thought we were going to see a spike, a very short-term spike, and that spike is is not. It is it's prolonged, and we see prices going up. Now, the last thing I want to say about this is that everything that I have just said was not predicated on a lockdown. Before that we headed into another lockdown, I could say to you, you know what, as long as the Bank of Canada works to get inflation under control, then the employment numbers and the spending numbers and the GDP numbers were starting to look pretty good. And I I like the way that we were, the public sector was balancing, pulling back on the stimulus and letting the economy do its job. But Roy, as you know, we're back in a lockdown situation. And so sadly, it pains me as an economist to say that all bets are off right now. All bets are off because we don't know what's gonna happen to spending again. The government very quietly this week brought back supports to business, which they may or may not feel is imperative. But I could sit here now and tell you every statistic that I uncovered over the last few days about where the economy is going but frankly, they're meaningless until I know when the government's going to let the economy function again. So it's a tightrope, and it's a very thin one. You just mentioned that uh, your family had been struggling with uh, COVID, and you did tweet that it wasn't a um, Omicron was not a pleasant experience. How did you do? Are you okay? Oh well, thanks for asking. Yeah, we had so my my seven and a half year old son had symptoms that lasted for a day. My symptoms were more severe and lasted for three days. My wife was the sickest. She had even more severe symptoms that lasted for about five days. So um, first of all, thank heaven, nobody had to go to the hospital. Nobody had to go to the ICU. But on the whole, anybody who's had the flu knows that flu symptoms aren't fun. So while I consider myself lucky that we came through it on the other side and we're all fine and healthy, um, the people that say, uh, the symptoms are mild or you hardly experience them, them. I'm sure you've met people where that's true. But in my particular household case, especially for my wife and I, it was not a pleasant experience. Well, I'm glad you're better. And uh, hopefully you have some immunity. We're going to be talking about that in the next hour, next half hour, actually, 
with Dr. Jason Kendrachuk from the University of Manitoba and Dr. Isaac Bogosh from the University of Toronto. So when we talk about the economy, and you said it's not it's impossible to really uh, draw a roadmap at this point because there are still too many potholes on that highway. My metaphors are pretty bad. But anyway, what is it going to take to be able to give you a sense of what's coming our way? Because right now we're dealing with the supply chain. We're dealing, again, with lockdowns. We're dealing with restrictions to do shopping, small businesses hurting. And each time this happens, it's a ma- it, it does become a major hiccup. What's it going to take for you to be able to look down the road and say, I have a pretty good idea what's going to happen here? Actually, it's it's not a hard question to answer. The answer is, when are you going to open up the economy? I mean, as much as you never know with 100% certainty what's going to happen, when the economy is open, then we're able to take a look back and look at statistics and then make predictions looking forward, be it consumption, be it investment, be it government spending, be it exports and imports. When you close the economy and you shut it down, all bets are off because nobody knows where anything is going. I mean, we were expected to have supply chain issues um, become lessened this year. We know that the Bank of Canada has said that the interest rates are going to go up this year. But as soon as you close down the economy, everything just stops. All predictions stop. The Bank of Canada says now we don't know what we're doing. Supply chain, we're back into a mess. And so we've got to know when are we going to allow the economy to be fully open before we can even address the problems, Roy. And that's the frustrating part. I am clear on this issue. I would not and never have shut down the economy because I think that it puts us in such a behind the eight ball position that when it does get opened again and now for the second time, and I know Mr. Giroux is out there dying somewhere, what is it going to take to get back to pre-pandemic levels? We've just made it even harder on ourselves. Yeah, the supply chain issue is massive. And I don't think most people recognize or realize because they're not in the game every day. I'm not either, but I'm exposed to the information on a daily basis. I don't think most people recognize just how significantly out of whack, out of sync the supply chain is. And it's not just one chain. There are many, many chains. And they're all, well, not all of them, but most of them are being interrupted. And to get them going again is going to be a challenge. Now, Mr. Ron Foxcroft, who was on my good friend was on this program um, just a couple of weeks ago, and we were talking about uh, the issue of the uh, the trucking industry. And between five and thirty percent of trucks in this country, in Canada, five to thirty percent of eighteen wheelers that should be out delivering because everything that you have in your home has been delivered by a truck. Five to thirty percent of them are on sitting in yards idle now because they can't get drivers. Now, we also have, on the 15th of January, there's going to be the vaccine mandate for cross-border truckers, and a percentage of those truckers are saying, I'm not going to have a vaccine, so they're not going to be able to drive. That will throw another monkey wrench into the supply chain. So you tell me, Dr. Cam, can we overemphasize, is it possible even to overemphasize the seriousness of the supply chain issue? No, absolutely not. And I have two stories about that. Number one is I come from a family that was in the potato business. And I learned as a little boy growing up from my grandfather and many of his friends that if you enjoy something in your daily life, it came in by a truck. And so we cannot, you cannot ignore what's going on with the trucking industry because that is the lifeblood, the lifeblood of our trade and our economy, number one. Number two, to say that people are underestimating the supply chain, well, that just means they're not waiting for something because I have friends that are waiting for furniture, that are waiting for cars, that are waiting for any number of durables and non-durable goods. And they've been told now that that wait can be up to a year. 
So I find it very hard, bordering on impossible, to say that the supply chain issues are not a mess. And then even even if they freed up the supply chain tomorrow, which is absolutely impossible, what are they going to do about the labor shortage in truck drivers? I mean, this shutting of the economy, Roy, was such a bad idea. I'm, and it, it literally brought me to tears when I heard that we were going to do it again. And there were, as Colonel David Redmond has told us on a number of occasions on this program, and he was the director of emergency planning, emergency management in the province of Alberta, there were pandemic plans in place that had been approved by the provinces and the federal government that were reviewed on a, on a regular basis, I think every three to five years, and they were updated as necessary. And then when the pandemic arrived, those plans were shoved aside. We are where we are. It's very concerning. What would you say to the to the family, to the to the single Canadian who's saying, what do, I, what do I do? I mean, I know you're not a financial planner on an individual basis, but are we all in a, just a, in a holding pattern, wait and see and hope for the best? Terribly, we are in a holding pattern. And the only thing that I would tell Joe or Joan Q public right now, frankly, is not to worry about gross domestic product. This is something that's way above their concerns. If they're within $200 of insolvency, their concern is their house, their family, their children, their livelihood, and to be very, very conservative with your spending. And I don't care if you hear on the news that if spending drops, it's going to be harmful to the economy. If the government really gave a damn about that, they wouldn't have closed the economy. So people have to be super careful and super conservative in their spending and save as much as they can for the rainy day that now isn't that far away. Yeah, and you're referencing the uh, the polling that was done in, well, it's been done every year, and the ones we were talking about and speaking with Daryl Bricker at Ipsos about, and he'll be with us later on the program today, but it was 52% of Canadians were within $200 of not being able to pay their monthly bills. And that is a, that at that time was particularly frightening. It's even more so uh, at, at this time. What are you paying attention to? What does Professor Cam pay attention to? What are the, what are the signposts that you look for for the economy? You know, I wish I could sit here again. It's like how we started this conversation. I wish I could tell you I'm watching our spending. I'm watching our interest rate. I'm watching the supply chain. I'm watching household debt, but I'm not. All I'm watching is the TV every single day to find out when are they going to open the economy. I'm going to use a ridiculous example. In the middle of a pandemic, can you imagine if they said we're going to shut hospitals and have a reset? No, there would there would be there. I mean, there'd be rioting in the streets. But you know what? People have livelihoods. People have to support their families and they and they're trying to to just make ends meet at the hardest time ever. And they basically shut down the economy. That is in an economic sense, the same as shutting down a hospital during a pandemic. So there's only one thing I'm looking at, Roy. I'm asking the federal government and the provincial government to please listen and give people a chance to survive, open up the economy anything else right now anything else is putting a band-aid on a broken arm yeah, and don't expect that the money the federal government or the provincial governments provide during a pandemic to be there without responsibility to pay it back later if we run 300 billion dollar de- or yeah yeah 300 billion dollar deficits that money is going to have to be repaid as will the trillion dollar national debt if you want to hear more Subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.